Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. The scripture lesson for this Bible study will be taken from the book of Mark, the ninth chapter, and beginning with the fourteenth verse. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about? he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son, who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. O unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus. Everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and dumb spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive it out? He answered, This kind can come out only by prayer. Dear ones, let me tell you something. We can read this so easily and dismiss it as quickly. But let me call this awesome fact to your attention. This is a slice of life. Though this thing happened decades ago, many, many years ago. When you really take a look at this, you realize that this is just as new as your newspaper that you're going to receive today. This is a real slice of life, and it's not a very pretty slice of life to say the least. Now, to get the real impact of the story, let's go back to the time of the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter, James, and John were on the mountain. And they had an awesome, if anyone ever had what we might refer to today as a worship experience, I would think that Peter, James, and John had one on top of that mountain. I mean, the heavens opened, and here was Moses, the great lawgiver, and here was Elijah, the great prophet of all times. And here was the Lord Jesus Christ with them. And here they heard the voice of God. And I would think in this type of a situation, 
that it was not only a situation where they worship here, I think anywhere, any place that you're really made aware of the Lord Jesus Christ or God the Father, you're in a sacred worshiping situation. So they had a great experience here on this mountainside. And you know that story all too well. And they were having a good time, and old Peter, he speaks up and says, well, let's just stay here on this mountaintop. It's a good place to be, a wonderful situation. We've had a great spiritual experience, and the scenery is beautiful. What more could you ask for? They got the greatest of the old and the new with us, and let's settle down here on the side of this mountain and take it easy. What an experience Peter, James, and John must have had there with the Lord Jesus Christ. And dear ones, in more than one way, it was a transforming experience for them. Well, in a sense, we've been there. We know what they're talking about. We may have not had all of the grandeur of it as they had, but somewhere, someplace, you and I have met the Lord Jesus Christ. We've met God the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. And somewhere along the way, we've made this commitment and this dedication to the Lord Jesus Christ that we call Him Savior and Lord. And if you have done that, you have done basically what is tied up here within the first part of this story. We have met the Lord Jesus Christ, and we proclaim Him to be the Lord of our life. We have proclaimed Him to be our Savior. Now you think about this and use your imagination just a little bit. And if it had been one of us, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. But if it had been me there, like with Peter, I would have... Uh, done something like this. Came down off that mountain, saw this mess uh, here that faced him off the top of the mountain, faced this situation. I said, I told you so. I knew this was going to happen. As soon as we came down off this mountain, we was going to get into a mess of trouble and the big problems and, and everything was going to be weird and turned upside down and inside out. I told you that we should have built a place here on the side of the mountain and stayed there. Well, I would agree with that. I'd have gone along with Peter on that. It's difficult to come down and face the situation in the valley. Now, what is the situation here? And we want to look at it. We find a man that had a problem. Now, dear ones, it's very easy for us to get lost in the Scripture, and we can do it right here. We can get lost here in this man's problem and get lost in the problem and not see it for what I think Mark is really trying to tell us. And I think what the Lord Jesus Christ is really trying to demonstrate. Because you see, we may not be able to identify with this man that had this particular problem with his son. But do you want to see this just as a problem that this man had? And there's not a one of us here this morning, but what hasn't had the problem from time to time? And you're going to have some more before it's over with. So we don't want to get lost here. Now, the problem that this man faced... I want you to take a very good look at this. The problem that this man faced, the disciples could not handle it. You think about the situation. How many of you have ever come to the place in your life of where you felt that you couldn't handle the problem? The difficulty. You see things on the horizon in your life. You think that if it turns out this way that I won't be able to handle the problem. Well, the disciples couldn't handle this problem that this man had. You see, and not only that, but look what happened. You have to read something between the lines here because it's not all here in great detail. They got into an argument with the Pharisees. Now, there were those critics there. We always have our critics. You know, 
And now you want to remember that these Pharisees were very religious people. There's no question about that. So they got into an argument with the Pharisees. Now we don't know really what was said and what really went on. Is all we know that Mark tells us in passing that they got into a big argument. And you can just rest assured it was a heated argument when the Pharisees were involved in it. It was something very critical. You can rest assured that this argument came out in a fashion with the Pharisees. The Pharisees were winning today, I'm led to believe, of this argument. And the argument must have been something in relation to uh, reflected back on the Lord Jesus Christ, you see, because of the way the disciples were presenting themselves to take care of this problem. They couldn't handle it. And so it was reflecting on their teacher. And I am quite sure that the Pharisees brought up the fact, well, the Lord Jesus Christ, your teacher, he's not able to handle the situation any better than you can. And this must have been a very, very heated debate and argument that the disciples were having with the Pharisees here about what the problem was and about what could not be done, you see. Now, the question really comes, how do we really handle the stresses and strains in our life? How do we really handle our problems? Who do we get involved with? Who do we blame our insecurity on? How do we get involved in these situations where we come to the place in our life with this problem, you see? If it's left up to the Pharisees here, you rest assured that these Pharisees saw what was taking place here and made the most of the situation. They wouldn't have touched this problem with a 10-foot pole. First of all, if they'd have touched the son that was ailing, that they would have been unclean and would have had to have gone through some type of a situation where they would be decontaminated, you see. They wouldn't have touched it. And so they looked at the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ and thought that they could not handle it either. What do we do about these problems that we have? You see, the problem here, something that they could not handle, you've got to see the enormity of the situation. Now, it brings up the fact here you see, we think about the disciples. We don't have much in common with the disciples. We think we don't, but we do have. Why do we have much in common with the disciples? Well, one thing, we are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're, in a sense, his disciples in our modern day. And the truth of it is, our life, the way that you act, should reflect something, and it does reflect something, of your concept of the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you really think about Jesus, you see, and facing the problems and the stress and the strains that comes to you? Now, I want you to pay attention to verse 19. He answered them, You faithless generation, how much longer must I be among you? How much longer must I put up with you? Bring him to me. You know, you sent something here Jesus is really upset. I don't care how you try to explain this. You can't take away from the fact that Jesus was very upset by what he saw the disciples were involved in with the Pharisees and how they could not handle the problem that had confronted them. They were not doing anything creative about the problem that they had. You see, now... I had this to happen more than one time within the church that I was privileged to serve. But early in my ministry in a church, 
there was a grandmother. I don't know the real story behind all of this, but there's a grandmother that was raising two daughters. I don't know how come she came to the place where she was raising these two teenage daughters. Now, one of these teenage daughters got into serious trouble. She was promiscuous, and this was the sex revolution that went on, and she was involved in this, and they got out in the church, and the church was very small, and we didn't have too many members, less than 100. And so the people got to know about this. Well, the thing that happened was the thing that we went through was the awful rejection of this young lady. The awful rejection. Here was a real honey of a problem. But my people that I served and I was with, it, they couldn't handle the problem. Same type of situation, basically, that is here. Now, don't get caught up in what the problem really is. It was a problem, and it was sort of a messy type of a problem. And I knew that unless something was done that we were going to lose them to the church. They were gone. And they did go. Because somehow we came to the place of where it was whispered around. And like one said, I don't want my children to be associated with this kind of a person. Well, this is what the Pharisees could have said here. We don't want any part of this type of a person, you see, to be part of our situation. Now, what did Christ have to say about this boy that was rejected or had this problem? What did he say? Bring him to me. Bring him to me. Dear ones, have we forgotten that? What is the responsibility of you and me as being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? Let's make it a little bit more important. What responsibility do you and I have as being the disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ within these social problems that we have around us? What responsibility should we accept? And what should be our commitment? And what should be our dedication and what should be our attitude about this? Now I want you to notice something else here. The father did not abandon his son. Now isn't this interesting? You see, the first approach he had was with the disciples. They couldn't do anything. In fact, they so dealy mouthed, they really nearly about the situation, didn't know how to approach it, didn't approach it, didn't take care of it. And on the sideline, in the meantime, they got in a big argument with the Pharisees. Oh, they must have been having a good argument, you see. But the father, it was his son. He did abandon his son. Even when the disciple could not help, it must have burnt within this father's heart and mind. The problem that he had, if I can only get him to the Lord Jesus Christ. If I can only get my problem before the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's the awesome thing about it, dear ones. Notice what Mark has done here. Notice what really happened here, as Mark tells us as it happened. You see, this guy had to get by the disciples. Isn't it a tragedy that some people have to get up past us as disciples in order to see the Lord Jesus Christ? Isn't it a tragedy sometimes that our church stands in the way because of our attitude or because of what we do or because of what we don't do? That they have to get a past us in order to get to the Lord Jesus Christ. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we would act 
in such a way as the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ leave off the arguing situation and get on with the business of doing what we ought to uh, so that people who come would be able to sense and to know that here is where the love of the Lord Jesus Christ expressed in a beautiful way. This man had to get a past disciple in order to get his son to the Lord Jesus Christ. And notice the beauty of this situation. At the very critical moment, when everything was falling apart, at the very critical moment, who shows up? The Lord Jesus Christ. He comes on the scene here. At the moment, not a minute too soon or a minute too late, he comes on the scene and he not only saves the day, but this man would tell you flat out, he saved my son, you see. Now you look at this situation, you see. Don't we wish that all problems were sort of clean problems, you know, nice and neat, you know. Well, some do come to us that way, seemingly, in a neat package. But I want you to notice this problem as it is described here. This is a messy situation. This is really a messy problem, you see. Mark tells us about a messy situation. Listen to this. And they brought the boy to him, the 20th verse, when the spirits saw him, Jesus, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. That's a pretty messy situation, isn't it? Wouldn't it be wonderful if all problems were not so messy? But they are. Some of them I are so entangled and so involved, it's hard to know where to even take hold of them to try to make sense out of them. And when the people who were standing around there looked at the situation and saw what was happening and saw all of this messy situation, what was the conclusion that the people had reached? What was the conclusion? They said he is what? He said he's dead. He's dead. This is a dead situation. Nothing can be done about this dead situation. It has reached a place where it's dead. It's the impossible situation. Nothing is impossible to those who love the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing impossible to the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing impossible to those people who love the Lord Jesus Christ and who serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And you are the ones that can have the possibility of bringing beauty and goodness and wholeness out of chaos, you see. It's only we come to the place where we're willing to accept our responsibility as being disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ and following his commitment and his dedication uh, to doing that which is right, that we too can do whatever needs to be done to bring wholeness wherever we are to whatever situation that we happen to be in. Now the bottom line here again, in all of this you see, and why Jesus in all probability was so upset with his disciples that they did not look at the situation for what really was the problem and began to deal with it in a way that would be meaningful to the kingdom and to this father and to the son and to the special problem is here. Dear ones, 
if we face any problem, any difficulty, any hardship, and we do not bring to it uh, this type of a concept of being kind, considerate, and loving, and understanding, nothing is going to happen in a creative way. The very heart of the story is simply this, that Jesus has commissioned you and me to be his disciples, and we are to do it in this fashion. Oh, our Father, help us to see it and help us to be able to live it each day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started and making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven. 